talk about journeys and travelling and we think about living our lives, uh, it strikes me that we travel to a lot of places in our lives. Even if we're the kind of people who don't actually go very far, you know, it's not like we've travelled to the other side of the world or anything like that, don't go very far distance-wise, we still live our lives travelling, going from destination to destination, if you like. At a very basic level, we travel to the same places every week. Some of us are very routine, others aren't, but, you know, it might be that we go to school or we take people to school or we go to work or we go to church. could be that we travel to the shops or we go out for coffee, or we go to the playground if we fancy a bit of a play, or we go around the corner to our friends and family. Some of us will take the dog out for a walk, or go to those places with the dog. Some of us put on running shoes, go for a little bit of a run. Some of us ride a bike, something like that. Some of us will jump in the car, or get a lift. But we all do these sort of journeys... Some of us find journeys a bit more difficult than we used to find them, and so we travel around the house rather than going out and doing lots of things travelling outside. Whereas others of us like to be outside and we find it easy to just go down the road and travel down the road. But whatever it is and whoever we are, and whatever mode of transport we decide to use, we do an awful lot of travelling during our lives. We live from destination to destination, if you like. From the kettle to the sofa. From the bathroom to the chair. From the shops to the house. From the airport to another country, if we're travelling a lot. And it's not just physical travel, of course, although that's an easy way to think about travel. But there's other ways of travelling as well. Even those things that we look forward to. It's as if we're travelling towards them. Things like Christmas... We had that whole time of leading up towards Christmas. We were travelling towards Christmas. Easter we're now looking towards as we travel towards Easter. Summer holidays, bank holidays, birthdays, weddings, family visits. We look at these things in our calendars and we aim towards them with our lives. We think this is the next thing that we're going to be heading towards. These are our destinations. Things that we set a course for. If you have children or you're a teacher or you work in that kind of environment, then you travel from holiday to holiday. You have terms and half terms and you have these periods of time that you travel through to get to the next break. You make it through the term. Because our lives are often about aiming for things, looking forward to things, going from one place to the next. This is what people do. We have seasons and we travel from season to season. We have festivals which we've put in throughout the year. We have holidays and special times. This is how we run our lives, how we put our calendars together. And yet we are told that we should live for the moment. Even though this is how we plan our lives, we're told that we should live for the moment. We're told that we should be present in the situation that we're in. We're told that we shouldn't just travel from one thing to the next but we should be fully present within the things we are doing at that time. Which in reality is a very difficult thing to do when we've planned our lives and we're looking towards things. It's hard to be present in the moment. We all want something to look forward to, don't we? We all want something to head towards, even if it's the smallest thing. We all want to have full 
and successful lives where we've put things in that we can achieve. The danger, of course, is that in looking towards things, things that we're heading towards, in jumping from one thing to the next, in leaping from destination to destination, that we actually do miss out on an awful lot. We miss out on that being present. We miss out on being involved in things that are going out. And we also miss out on what might seem to be mundane as well, the getting from one place to the next. During the Christmas break, we took the boys to London for the day. Um, We did it a little while ago, and um, we thought we'd do it again over Christmas because the lights are up. It's very exciting, isn't it? We went to the Natural History Museum, which, you know, boys thought was okay. Just a museum in the town. And then they were asking to go and see all the things we'd seen before. You know, they wanted to see Trafalgar Square and all. So we said, oh, well, on the way back, we'll, we'll do that. So we went to Trafalgar Square, and then it started to get a little bit late, and we thought, well... Do we travel home now, or do we have something to eat? It's going to get, you know, in that eating, travelling time. So we decided we'd, oh, make a day of it, and we went to Pizza Hut, because that's about as extravagant as we get these days. That's the kind of food we like. So we went. It was wonderful. Boys, so excited, so excited. Went and sat down, had our pizza, and I said to Simon, we probably just need to check when the next train is, you know, so that we're not here all night. And uh, he checked, and he went, it's okay, it's in 40 minutes. And I went, it's not really okay, is it? Because we've got a tube to get, we've got... And we're like, oh, are we going to make it? Well, if we just finish eating quickly now and rush there, then maybe we'll get there. Otherwise, the next train's an hour, and then we won't get back till half eight, and then was really getting really late. So we had a little bit of a debate, and then James was eating his ice cream, which took quite a long time, and we wanted him to enjoy it, and we thought, do you know what? Just forget it. Let's not, let's not jump on the tube and try and get back. Let's walk up through Covent Garden, enjoy the lights, and then get the tube. And we'll, we'll go for the later train. Doesn't matter. And so we decided we'd go for a little walk at night. And we were wandering up Covent Garden, and the lights were brilliant, and the decoration brilliant. And suddenly we came across this street performer you know how you do in Covent Garden, who was juggling knives, standing on, you know, wonky blocks while juggling knives. He was very good, actually, and he performed for about 20 minutes. And the boys and Simon and I stood there, and we watched all of this. And, you know, the boys' faces, it was amazing to see. They'd never seen anything like this before. It was nighttime, they were in London, and there was someone juggling knives in front of them and they were like really like thinking that he might actually hurt himself whereas I'm like oh you can't hurt yourself doing that can you no can you I thought it was a trick and you know then we got the tube and then we got the train and we got the later train and we got home late and you know it was a bit but I actually thought choosing to walk and go up Covent Garden and choosing to do that instead of finding the most direct quickest way to get home was so much better because we experienced something together which we wouldn't have experienced before. The boys loved it. And when we said, what was the favourite part of your day? They said, oh, seeing that man do all those things with all the lights around him. And, you know, I thought we could have chosen the quickest route and we would have got back and we wouldn't have been as grumpy the next morning, I'm sure, because we wouldn't have been as tired. But actually... Choosing to walk and enjoy the journey rather than get from one place to the next 
was more beneficial because we came across a surprising thing which wouldn't have happened, which we all really enjoyed. And, you know, if we choose to get to our destination as quickly as possible in life, then although sometimes we get there quicker and we're less tired and it's okay, we do miss out on some of the things that we might bump into along the way, if you like. We miss out on some of the surprises that come across in the mundane journeys. We miss out on some of the things that we might not have thought we'd ever experience if we don't enjoy the journey as well as the destination. We focus our attention sometimes on the high dramas of life or the great joys of life. And we don't really like the mundane in between. But actually, a lot of us spend most of our lives on the mundane, travelling from one thing to the next. And if we just focus on those high dramas or those great joys, then there's a lot that we miss out on in between because the journey is all important, I think. You've got your little arrows, hopefully. And I thought maybe, you know, you might not want to do this. You could just sit and do it on your own, but you could do it together. And maybe you'd just like to think about a journey, one of the best journeys that you've had, because something surprising happened. Or it could be one of the worst journeys you've had, because of that very reason. A journey that you went on that wasn't just a journey towards a destination, but a journey that you remember the actual journey for some reason or another. It could be good, it could be bad. It can be a physical journey, or it could be a life journey, something you were going through that happened, if you understand what I mean. And you might want to put what it is on your bit of arrow. Just write it down, jot it down. And then maybe with someone around you, you might want to share it. You might not. It could be too personal. You might just want to share what happened. And we'll just spend a few minutes doing that. Maybe two or three minutes. So think of a good journey, bad journey... Write it down. I'm sure some of you have had some interesting journeys. Sorry, I know I'm cutting you all off because you take a little while to get going, don't you? I'm sure some of you have had some interesting journeys. Normally when we ask people about journeys, we say, well, where, where are you going? What was your journey? We want to know the destination. We want to know what the, uh, what the thing was you were going towards. I had uh, one of the worst journeys I had, and it's not for any terrible reason... But my sister and I went to... I'm going to tell you where I was going now first, the destination. My sister and I went to the south of France um, one year, and I was 18, and we'd signed up to go on this coach journey to the south of France with another group of people, spend the whole 10 days with this other group of people. Um, and it was it's about 24 hours on the coach altogether with the stops and everything. And it was fine going through in the day, but then at night, my sister fell asleep, and she sort of fell asleep across me, which she ended up pinning my arms to my side, and she'd got very, very curly hair, and it was just tickling my nose. So for about eight hours, I was like, I was like, and I couldn't move my arms, and I didn't want to wake her, because I thought... I know, it's sweet, isn't it? Well, I thought she'd be really grumpy if I woke her and then, you know. But I spent my whole journey with a tickle just on the end of my nose. How irritating that is. Well, it was for me. I think you had to be there. Maybe you had to be the one with the tickle. I don't know whether anyone else has had a good journey. Has anyone had a really excellent journey, though, remember? No. But is it just the bad journeys? Or no, no. Don't want to engage. 
Okay, we all have different dreams. I'm sure you've written down something. Have people written down something on their, on their arrow? Yes, okay. Some of it is probably quite light-hearted. Some of it might be quite serious. Some of you might have a journey you really, really want to forget but can't because it was so bad. But we will all remember one journey or other, won't we, that we've had and that we've experienced. And we'll all have forgotten loads of others that when we went through them at the time, we were thinking, this is terrible, but we'll have forgotten them because we got to where we were going and we enjoyed what we were doing. Because journeys make up our lives. We travel around a lot. You know, there's a passage in the Bible which I want to read to you. Um, It's from the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 5, and it comes in and among a whole list of names. It's the account of Adam's family line, and so it's one of those chapters in the Bible that just lists this person was born, they had these children, and then they died. But in the middle, there is a little passage about someone who's a little bit different. Uh, It's Genesis chapter 5, starting at verse... 18. But I'll just read the beginning of the chapter just to put it into context. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created human beings, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them human beings. And then there's a list of a lot of people. And then we get to verse 18. When Jared lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more, because God took him away. And you know, this is one of my favourite passages. It's one of my favourite few verses in the Bible. Because although there's just six verses there, there is something about them that catches my attention. They're set in and among, as I said, a whole list of people. Passage of the Bible that talks about people who lived, people who had sons and daughters, people who probably did lots of other things that aren't mentioned, and then people who died. Many of these people mentioned in this passage lived 700, 800, 900 plus years, which is not unusual for that time in the Bible. And they're all recorded in a similar way, a whole list of names and years and descendants, until we get to the six verses that I read in the middle that are about Enoch. And in many ways, they're very similar to the other verses around them. For instance, they don't tell us much about Enoch. We don't know what he did. We don't know what he accomplished. We don't know what legacy he left, except for the birth of Methuselah and his other sons and daughters. But in other ways, these verses are also very different. For a start, compared to those around him, Enoch lived a very short life, a mere 365 years. And more importantly, it is recorded in these six verses that during his life, Enoch didn't just live, but he walked faithfully with God. And having walked faithfully with God, instead of then just dying at the end of his life, we're told that he was no more because God 
took him away. Now, of course, we don't really know what that means. We can see the connection, maybe, between our finite life and eternity in that passage. But we don't really understand what these few verses are referring to, except to know that in some way Enoch was different. That in and among these people in this passage, Enoch lived a different journey to what they lived. And he's not the only one, of course. There are many people who walked before God in the Bible, Abraham among them. And there are also many times when God walked among his people in the Bible. But apart from Noah, there is no one else who is recorded to have walked with God like Enoch did. It's a verb which paints a picture of people who walked around together. Not just people who walked from A to B, from destination to destination to get where they were going, but people who walked around, who strolled together, who enjoyed each other's company, who shared details of their life, who learned about the important things together in a deep and intimate relationship. That's the picture that's painted of Enoch as he walked with God. We may not know what Enoch did, and we may not know... We may, not have, we may only know that he lived very long, but in this short life, it is recorded that he walked faithfully with God. Or, if you like, in these few verses, it is recorded that he lived his life to the full because he lived it walking around with God. And, you know, this is a picture that I really love, this picture of someone walking around with God. It's a picture that I'm drawn to. It's a picture that I would like framed about my life. Of course, like most other people, like probably all of us here, I would like to do lots and lots and lots and lots of things with my life. I would like to travel from destination to destination. I would like to journey all over the world and I would like to go from exciting thing to exciting thing. I would like to achieve everything that I desire and I would like to travel far. But even more than that, I want a life that is lived walking with God every step of the way. And that may not be a life that avoids the pain to get to the joyful moments or skips the mundane to get to the exciting thing. But it will be a life that lives, that lives every moment of every day, of every journey with God in the most deep and intimate relationship. I fear, though, that I am a very long way from this, that I am just travelling from destination to destination and enjoying the highlights. But I believe that at the end of the day, if this, that this is what living life to the full is really all about. People talk about living life to the full, and Jesus said, I've come, that you may have life to the full. And sometimes that conjures a picture of doing all these things. But actually, I think it's a life walking with God in the mundane and the painful as well as the joyful and the exciting. A life lived walking around with God. Now, in our society today, that seems to be a little bit extravagant, doesn't it? You know, you don't say, what did you do today? Oh, I just walked around. 
you'd feel a bit guilty if you say that, wouldn't you? But as children of God, I think it's a vital thing to do if we're to grow and mature and really develop as God wants us to. We have to spend our time walking around with God rather than leaping from destination to destination or project to project. The journeys need to be enjoyed with God as well. We're going to sing a song in a moment, which some of you may know. We've sung it at some of our praise events that we've had here. Um, But as we sing it, I'd like to invite you, if you would like, as always... To take your arrow with your journey on or not, depending on whether you wrote on it. And during this next song, to bring it to the front, to the cross. As sort of a way of saying to God, I want to experience the journeys and the mundane and the painful, as well as the excitement with you. I don't just want to go from destination to destination, but I want my journeys to be full of walking with you as well don't have to do that but if you would like to do that at the start of this new year and bring your arrow up to the cross then feel free to do it in this next song so let's stand together as we sing it's called ever be and if you don't know it just listen to the words and enjoy what you're hearing but if you do please sing along